This podcast hands you the keys to scaling revenue in the SaaS and tech industry fast. Join Mike Williams, CEO of Jetstream Revenue Growth, as he talks with tech and SaaS business leaders who share proven approaches on how to get your revenue to take off. All right, welcome to this episode of the Jetstream podcast. Really, really great guest that we had today. Uh, Larry Cole, he's the president of QGrip, QGrip Goods Limited. Uh, he's a 35-year veteran of international business. He's been around in the tech sector. He certainly knows uh, the ins and outs of uh, building companies and creating successful companies. And some of the key points that Larry mentions in the podcast today, number one was solve a problem. This seems really simple but so many companies get it wrong or don't understand the problem that they're solving. You need to make sure that you're solving a problem. And that problem needs to be something that people will actually pay for. So think about that problem uh, and think about if you're actually providing a solution that will, someone will pay for. We talked a little bit about uh, having a painkiller versus a vitamin. Is your product or service a vitamin or a painkiller? Is it something that they're like, I need to have this right now because it's gonna cure my pain? Or is it something that's maybe a little bit proactive and, and maybe not something they need right away? So think about that and understand that. It's okay to have either or, but understand that for your marketing, obviously the painkiller may be a little bit easier to market. And then understanding not only will customers pay for that, but who is that customer that will pay for it? Get to know that persona, get to know that audience uh, and understand them. This is the key to marketing. And I think in digital, especially digital marketing, we get lost and focused on adjusting levers and the tech behind digital marketing. Uh, and we forget that there's a customer at the end. Ultimately, marketing is understanding your customer, having empathy and understanding for their pain, and then communicating your unique selling proposition properly to that customer uh, to ensure that they realize your product is the solution for them. So get to know your customer, get to understand them. Uh, and, and Larry highlighted this as well, and in, in he stressed the importance of understanding social media and being able to communicate that at USP over the right platform. So who is that customer? Where are they? And can you efficiently communicate your USP uh, to have them understand why they should use your product over some others, uh, alternatives or competitors? And of course, you know, this is a revenue growth podcast. Gary, or sorry, Larry highlighted the importance of having revenue. And this is a difficult thing to have, but if you want to grow your company, you need to have revenue and you need to roll that revenue and profit back into the company to move forward. But you also need to think about this for investors. If you want to attract investors or partners, uh, it, you must have revenue in order to do that. That's why you know revenue growth is such a key part of this podcast. Uh, and the Jetstream team. Uh, a couple other points that Larry pointed out, your best customer is the customer you have. You want to take the time to obviously acquire that customer, but then once you have them, that is your best customer. You wanna treat them well over time. Uh, you wanna make sure that they maintain a good connection to your brand, your product, your service. So make sure that you're taking care of those customers that you do have uh, and don't get too distracted by the opportunity of potential customers down the road. Obviously marketing and sales is gonna drive new customer acquisition, but don't forget about the customer you have and understand them, learn more about them uh, and, and get to understand their challenges and pain points. 
and and if you can, you know, something that QGrip is using successfully is to actually send the product, send out a package to potential customers to try the product, to put it in place, try it out. And uh, they had a pretty high conversion rate on that, that uh, customers who tried the product out were very likely to buy it. If this is something that you can utilize within uh, your company, uh, I definitely suggest that you try that out. Let them try before they buy. And if they love it, they're likely to order it and pay for it. So uh, some really great tips from Larry. Uh, enjoy the podcast. Uh, he's, he was a really great guest to have, uh, shared a lot of insights and was spoke pretty candidly about his company and his experience. So uh, we're getting pretty good access to uh, someone that's done this uh, a couple times over and uh, really understands revenue growth and uh, how, to go, uh, how to grow companies. So check it out, have a good listen, uh, and also check out QGrip as well. It looks like a really great product. All right, welcome to this episode of the Jetstream podcast. I'm super excited to have our guest with us here today. We've got Larry Cole, and he's the president at QGrip Goods Limited. Uh, and a little bit about Larry, he's, got, he's a 35-year veteran of international business, uh, mostly in the, uh, the tech sector, with an emphasis on strategic relationships and business development. Uh, thanks for being here, Larry. Really great to have you. Uh, thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, so, so tell us a little bit about uh, QGrip and uh, what you're up to. Sure. So QGrip is a, is a Canadian company. I want to get that out of the way right off the bat. So QGrip was born when COVID started, literally the week that COVID started. So the sector that, that we are in, I'll describe it first. We are in the infection control and prevention business. Now, the way that we go about doing it is uh, my partner, Victor Nikolov, developed copper strips that we call Q-grip. And they are meant to go over uh, high-touch surfaces in hospitals, schools, uh, airports, uh, transit. Uh, so they, the main thing about, uh, about Q-grips is, is that they, they adhere onto, uh, onto handles and, uh, and they're made out of 100% copper. And, uh, and then copper itself is an antimicrobial. So it, uh, um, it kills viruses, pathogens, uh, um, germs, bacteria on contact. So it makes it the best surface in the world so that we don't transfer stuff between our hands. So that's, a, that's the, the, the quick side of, uh, of Q-Grip. Yeah, and, and so this, like, you know, knowing that copper kills microbes is <laughs> new information to me. Uh, I assume people have known this for a long time. Uh, why is it taking so long to kind of hit the market? Oh yeah, you know what? That's a that's a super good observation because yes, it's been known for millennia that that copper is a very special uh, commodity, and it's been and it's been tested and peer reviewed and and scoped to death uh, in the in the science communities. The key is. The copper market felt that because there was so much information about copper and its ability to kill that it thought that it could go out and make everything out of copper. And that was kind of a non-starter. Like you can't, mm. you know, trying to make something out of solid copper in hospital beds and, uh, and chairs and doorknobs and, and railings, very expensive. So what is driving our company is, is that 
that Victor had made these uh, the, these Q grips that uh, that adhere onto those same surfaces. So you've got an inexpensive way to do it as opposed to a really expensive way to do it. Plus, it's replaceable. When it's worn out, you peel it off, put a new one on. So it's a retrofit that made this thing very popular. Right, right. Okay. And and so the best places for these are hospitals, buses, yes, uh, airplanes. Yeah, yeah. All of the above. Anywhere where you've got people getting together and always touching the same services. So a retail mall, a, a, a restaurant, a, a, a store, um, universities, schools. Uh, but the, the market that we have really focused in on hard is hospitals. And the reason why hospitals is that there's something called hospital acquired infections. There isn't a hospital in the world that does not suffer from this badly. Mm -hmm. It's a half a trillion dollar a year issue. So it's, it's an area that QGRIP can make a, just a very big impact on. We can bring uh, hospital acquired infections down by 50% uh, if, you, if you outfit the rooms and the hallways with, uh, with copper strips. So yeah, we can make a big impact. Yeah, awesome. And that, that's great to hear. I mean, a 50% impact seems like a huge, it's a huge impact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, there's, and the neat part about that is, is that that's not Larry Cole saying that. That's like right. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Michael Schmidt uh, from the University of South Carolina. They have done tests and tests and tests of non-coppered rooms compared to copper rooms. They know their business. I mean, they're professors and they're, and they're scientists and they're doctors. They know what they're looking for. So, you know, we've gone after that market uh, and, and built up. A reputation around efficacy right right yeah awesome and so so you've been at this for about a year or so you yeah a little over a year yeah uh, um i think we incorporated the company at the beginning of last year somewhere around march you know okay February. yeah and, and how have things been going since then? The, the timing seems great i mean it's nice that you know hopefully we're coming out of this pandemic but right. people are suddenly a lot more aware of how infections transfer. I mean, for me personally, I never thought about how you actually get a cold, like, right. like someone coughs right. and you inhale it and it comes through your nostrils or eyes or right. I never thought well, about that before. So again, that, that, that's a great observational point because right from day one, yes, COVID was driving our development. The thing is, when we started the company, the list of things that we didn't know about science, about the industries about copper itself. Um, we had, to, it was a long learning curve. We spent 2020 learning a lot, but our focus was actually into hospital acquired infections. And then with schools, for example, cold and flu, mm, that's right. their number one issue. Um, so, you know, we started being able to talk to people about the transfer of of, uh, of uh, viruses and pathogens and germs from person to person by the things that we touch. And that's up to 80%. So COVID is an airborne, uh, it's mainly an airborne disease, but all of the rest are all from touch. Mm, right, okay. So, so it's, a, it's one of the reasons why we, we've been focusing more and more into the, into the high touch regions, so. Very cool. Yeah, I'd love yeah, to see. Yeah. I'd love to see more of it. Now that I know of this technology, uh, I'd love to see more of it out there. And so I can't wait to see it uh, in action and know 
now that I'm personally a little more aware of, you know, what I touch and, and where right. those infections potentially come from, right. uh, I'd love to see it in more places. Um, so, so Larry, you, you know, you've been uh, in the tech industry, you know, 35 yeah. years, yeah. international business, you know, lots of experience. Right. I'm sure you've grown lots of companies uh, over that time. And even during uh, your experience at QGrip, what have you learned about revenue growth in, in that time? Yeah, revenue growth. I mean, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, uh, there's several things that are going to come to the forefront. And I think number one, are you solving a problem? That's so key. And then number two, are you solving a problem that somebody's willing to pay for? And then who is that person and how do you find them? So from my experience, and, and I, I, I really come at it from the perspective of the types of businesses I've been involved in. I'm, I've been mainly involved in long sales cycle businesses, but mm -hmm. revenue is king if you plan on growing a business. I mean, it's absolutely king because investors will look at your revenue. Uh, the market will look at your revenue. If you plan on doing an IPO, they're going to look at your revenue. So it's revenue, revenue, revenue. And from my experience, what, what, I, what I have found is depending on the product, you have to have a great understanding of social media these days. I, 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 you just can't ignore it. You have to know how to communicate your value propositions because you can't get to your customer to find out whether you're solving his problem if he doesn't know anything about you or he doesn't trust you. So I, I, I'm a big proponent of social media. Um, and I believe that, uh, that you can, that you can get your revenue by meeting your customers. Like for example, with, with Q grip, we have a very tactical, uh, business. We have to, we have to meet groups, that are willing to try something for the very first time because we're newest to the market. Mm. So those first revenue uh, uh, people are super important to us. And then I, I've always had in the back of my mind, your best customer, and, and I know that many people will agree with this, but your best customer is the one you've already got. Yeah. And that's proving out itself in QGrip. And here's how it's proving itself out from a revenue perspective. We changed uh, one of our one of our tax recently, and, uh, and and what it was is we started to offer what we call starter packs, and that is big organizations, whether it be schools or hospitals or airports, can buy an inexpensive starter pack and do a bunch of doorknobs and and railings and high touch uh, uh, surfaces with this starter pack because it's got 15 or 20 wraps in it and see how they like it. Mm -hmm. And so far, and then what we also do is we say, we'll, we'll give you all your money back if you don't like that. But but here's what the, what the key is, is that almost 100% of those customers come back multiple times for new orders. Mm -hmm. So that goes to that, that same thing. I mean, if you're paying attention to your customer, the one you've already got, um, I think that that's a good way of growing revenue as well because they're gonna just keep telling others. So, um, but, Revenue, uh, you, you've got to you got to understand who's your buyer, and you got to understand how you're solving his problem, not the one you think he has, <laughs> because then he's going to buy. You know, then, then he's going to you know he's he's, he's going to follow through and he's going to give something a try. Hopefully yeah, that, that was 
Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is great stuff. Right. And I think that, that it's easy sometimes to see a problem and solve it, but if that problem isn't uh, compelling enough or it's the right. vitamin versus the painkiller, right. right? Like, cause I see right. a lot of startups and it's like, I'm not sure that's really that painful of a problem. Yes, it's a problem right. but on the scale of one to 10, it's in the one to three range. And so people aren't going to be as motivated to buy that. And then I really like your point about, you know, understanding your customer, who is your customer yeah. and, and me, you know, maybe that's, you know, common knowledge, but it's a good thing to reinforce that you have to understand them. And in this, you know, digital marketing world, as it's continuing to evolve, we've gotten lost as digital marketers on understanding our customers. We're so focused, focused on tweaking levers and understanding how Google and Facebook works. Right. Right. But like at the end of the day, it's still marketing yeah. and you're marketing to customers and you need to understand them and have empathy for yeah. their problems and challenges. So I really well, like that well, point. Well, I've got the, the a good example uh, for exactly what we're talking about right now. Nobody is Googling copper wraps. Right. Nobody. I have to go out and, and make sure that the world is aware of our mm -hmm. value proposition and then, and then talk directly to a hospital, directly to a school and discuss with them. And then the reputation gets out. Then you've got something you can go with social media. Um, it you know, depends on how much money you've got. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, I, I, I'm just very aware of, uh, of the points that you're bringing up, Mike. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I'd assume that that right now you're very much in, a, in an awareness and an education phase of we need to train people to understand, yes. you know, if we look at like problem aware, solution aware, product aware, brand aware, you know, they're still not, they're problem aware. But they may not know that there's a solution or they may not know that this is a solution. My immediate thought would be, you know, if I worked in a hospital, well, we need to clean the railings more often. Right not knowing that, hey, we could put this copper grip on there and potentially never have to clean it again. If it... Well, you know, you're, isn't that interesting you say that? Gosh, that, that's interesting because here's, a, you know, here's one of the things that we had to learn. So we spent a lot of time with science mm -hmm. and we spent a lot of time with labs and lab people and, and, and uh, peer-reviewed testing and, and we really crunched into the efficacy of copper and we know it's outstanding. <laughs> well, it took us quite a while to understand that the number one value proposition is not science. Mm. It was the fact that Q-grips are highly visible. So when you put it on a handle, when you put it on a railing, when you put it someplace, it stands out. So there's, there's, there's two things that have gone on there. Number one, you're, you're alerting somebody that there's something unusual on this place they're about to, to, to touch. We put little stickers on saying, use the copper. Right. But, um, but the education is very quick once they find out about, the, about how important it is. But here's the other factor. And you, and, the, and, and you just brought it to my mind because of what you were just saying about spraying stuff is that hospitals, buses, schools, uh, everybody's spending a fortune cleaning. Here's the problem. You can't see clean. Right. <laughs> which means you can't see dirty. Uh -huh. It's the same thing. It's, it's that. So the value proposition that we were learning was 
not only can you see Q grips, but so can your, your cleaning staff. And you actually turn your employees into your cleaners as well, because anybody can walk by with a microcloth and clean off a Q grip. So you know, A, where people are touching because you're educating them to use it. And then you're also showing your sanitizers and your maintenance people where to clean, which means you can do a lot more quicker. And that's what the hospitals have caught on to is they're, they're not having to over clean certain regions. So some of the, like our early hospital wins, that was one of the values is that they, they could tell their staff, they could tell their, their patients, their patients, guests, everybody got used to it just like that. Right. So, so that, that is the value prop right there. Like you right. said, it's not necessarily about the science. Like maybe that's what gets you in the door and starts the conversation, right. but there's so much more, to it that, hey, we don't need to clean as much. We can instruct people where to touch, that right. it's safe to touch. Uh, you know, because I think about like, as I navigate you know, through the world, if I'm if I'm going down an escalator, I don't mind putting my hand on the railing. My wife always freaks out, like, don't do yeah, that. That's right, that's right. I'm like, yeah. why not? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. even thinking about it. But if I knew that, hey, there was a grip on there that was copper and that was safe, then I wouldn't even think about it and she wouldn't right. say anything. Well, uh, and, and you know, we, we just, Oh gosh, it was about a month and a half ago, just completed phase one of the TransLink Vancouver um, uh, efficacy tests. That what they did was they went out and outfitted buses and trains with Q-grips. Mm -hmm. And then they were testing them every day. And that was all being done by third party. I think it was UBC and Vancouver Health were doing the testing. And what that was all about was to, to find out, you know, was it real when you put your hand on a pole and there was a Q-grip that you had your hand on, was the efficacy, was the, was, the, uh, was the copper doing the job that all the science shows? And, and at the end of the test, I'll just kind of jump to the end. Yes, it did. But the value proposition for transit, and, and this is where a lot of companies are starting to wake up. Yes, copper is highly visible. Yes, the science is back now from the testing they did. But that's not why they did it. They actually did it to be so they could be shown to be doing something. Mm -hmm. They could be spending a million dollars a day cleaning buses. And their ridership doesn't know that. Right. They, they do and they don't. All of a sudden, copper goes up. It's highly visible. And then they got signs up on the buses and on the trains why they put the copper up. They did a really good job. It's all online. But now there's a mental thought between the ridership or the user base and the company that says this company is going over and above. They care. Mm -hmm. Now, they always did care. They just couldn't see it. Yeah. So, so now we find the same thing with hospitals, same thing with schools is that, is that um, it's showing that you're doing something, which is a value proposition. Again, we had to learn that. We had to kind of understand what did that mean? Because that's, a, that's not a, a hard number. That's a feeling. Yeah, that's absolutely. But it makes complete sense. I mean, like, yeah. you know, I've, yeah. I've ridden the bus or been on a train and you know, I, I'm assuming that someone's cleaning it at some point. It's still, right. you know, feels kind of gross because there's lots of people in and out. But if I know there's a Q grip, it's like, oh, this bus is going over and above. But right. really, you know, they're, 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 you know, it's just visible to me now. I can see it. Well, plus they got the cameras and they had an opportunity 
to visualize every day, 365 days, what's going on. Are people using them? Mm-hmm. And and then they and the way you do these tests, and I'm not trying to bore anybody, but the way you do these tests is you put a Q grip on, and then on the pole beside it, you don't. And then what you do is you come back and you test the Q grip. You do a swab test, or you there's a special machine out that measures biologics on a surface. So you you measure this one, and then you measure the one that doesn't have one. And that's what how they're doing their comparison and then they got their video to see if somebody had a choice between the pole without and the pole with which one are they using again it's to see whether that simple education was coming through yeah and uh and that's i i I really found that gratifying yeah that's really cool it's really interesting and you know i think there's you know potentially a ton more awareness and education that has to happen but it it will people will catch on pretty quick yeah Um, yeah so absolutely are you the first product in this industry? Are you the first product in this? Like, are there other companies? I would, have- well, I'll, I'll give you the, the president's answer and then I'll, then I'll give you. A, <laughs> a, so the president's answer is we have submitted all our patents. We have quite a, a vault of uh, market secrets and patent secrets, uh, not patent secrets, but, uh, but product secrets. Um, so that's the president's side. We've, we've done our, our due diligence and we've done our product uh, um, uh, IP. Now, were we the first? No, we weren't. Here's where we were first. We were the first ones to do for um, spend a lot of time finding the right adhesive that won't leave marks, but can go on any surface. Well, 90% of surfaces, 95% of surfaces. It's a very, it's a very high degree. We do multiple sizes. We have efficacy, what are called in situ, in place testing done on our products, which is one of the first. Uh, we are the first company to go, actually go out and get a parts machine that can do, it's called a CNC and, and, and big rolls of copper go through it and they stamp out the parts. We're the absolute first company that does that. We can do upwards around 50 million parts per month. Wow. Yeah. So we have the, the supply chain. So there are there other copper companies? Yes. Are there other copper companies that have gone global like we have? No. There's not, um, not in the space that we're in. Um, there are complementary products that have gone global. Don't want to say that, uh, uh, but we deal with almost all the copper producers and there's copper producers that are coming to us specifically to get into our, uh, our verticals. Mm. So they know that the way into the market and the relationships is, is going to be through us. If we continue to grow our, um, our, uh, our reputation correctly, like stay, keep the bar high. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so have you, have you raised money for this? We haven't raised, like we self funded from day one. Now, again, I'll give you the president's answer to this and then I'm going <laughs> to tell you what's really going on. So we self funded from day one which means that they're, that our, our, our share group is myself and Victor kind of thing. However, that stopped being fun about four months ago. Right. So this is a little warning to, uh, uh, to people that are self-funding. Uh, and, and it's going to depend on what you're in. I'm in a business of, of growth. If we're going to get this product that has to go around the world. So right now, uh, we are in 
discussions to merge with a company and um, and we're in discussions to uh, to possibly be in a public company. These are possibilities and uh, and they are um, uh, and we've signed term sheets to that degree. So all of that to say to you now the non-president's answer is if you're going to grow, it takes money. Mm-hmm. Period. I, I, you know, to self-fund uh, to the degree we did worked really good up until we wanted to go around the world and get big partners. Um, that is now, uh, you know, that that stopped working. So yes, we are going to take money in, and we are going to uh, we're going to use it to grow. Um, so that's kind of where we're at today right you know where you know we we've got lots of revenue we we we've got lots of of uh customers we're in lots of conversations and we've got distributors and resellers and sales reps we have all of that in the in the fold but the kind of money that we're talking about that we need to go around the world and own this own this entire space because it's so big um it's in the millions. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty significant. It is. Uh, it so, is. so how have you been able to build the, the brand and, and, uh, you know, set up the marketing in the right oh. way to, to do this with limited budget? Well, let's say zero budget. Yeah. So I'll get it out of the way right off the bat. I spend an enormous amount of time on LinkedIn. I spend an enormous amount of time writing and I spend an enormous amount of time doing very strategic reach outs to people that are in my business, people that might need my products. Um, but I spend a lot of time uh, uh, on social media. When you don't have a lot of money, you need to get as much reach as you can possibly get with the least amount of money. And, uh, and I've made a lot of hay with LinkedIn. I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. I love this format. I like talking to you. This is how you and I met was through LinkedIn. And yeah. if you remember correctly, it was me that did the reach out. <laughs> so, you know, so that's, that's a good indicator right there. You know, we, we met on LinkedIn, we had a couple of little blasts through the messaging and then we had a phone call and then that led to this. Yeah. Um, that's what I've done with QGrip is, is I've tried to get as much reach into government into uh, into the sales channels, into the uh, the customer channels, into the associations, and uh, speak as much as I can. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn as well. I, and yeah. It's great for making genuine connections. It's yeah. a pretty positive platform as far as social media goes. Yeah, uh, and, and it's it's Agreed. not that it's easy to to market through it, but like you said, if you're strategic about it, you can really research and find the right people to connect with and, and make yeah. genuine solid connections. Yes. And, and that in itself is uh, an art form. Yeah. And, and I say that because uh, I'm not a, what I call a pasta marketer and a pasta marketer to me is somebody that boils pasta and throws it against the wall as much of it on the wall as possible, hoping something sticks. I'm the other way around. I would rather have one good connection per day than to get a hundred connections that mean nothing to my business and they don't care. So I will spend the time on the one and, uh, and that is as, as uh, Boris, a lot of fruit. Um, And, and that's, 
kind of where it's at with my relations. People sometimes uh, also misjudge LinkedIn. I think that you have to give value before you get back value. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that goes with, you know, a lot of marketing in, in general, yep. right? Is we, we yep. want to get a lead, but we don't want to give up much to get it. You know, you have to give away value uh, consistently. Yep. Uh, but you made me think of a, a concept I heard of recently of like a, a company can really grow with a hundred genuine, authentic, real followers. Oh, absolutely. No right? question. So you could have a million inauthentic, not really yep. engaged followers. But if you had like even a hundred, that is huge. That's a huge starting point. These are people that are engaged, genuinely interested, uh, and willing to talk about your business and buy your product. Uh, you know, maybe it's easier said than done, but a hundred seems like a, a small enough number that, you know, a lot of people could accomplish that. Well, the hundred you're talking about is, is, is almost the campaign that I'm on right now. So I've gone on a campaign and, and I don't mind saying it in, in this format. Um, I've started reaching out to high level infection and control uh infection control and prevention professionals mm -hmm. people that that for a living have to run entire uh operations that that that's their sole goal is to drop and i'm just getting fantastic people to talk to oh mm -hmm. and they and they knew about copper what they didn't know was that the price of it had come down so far you know, mm. when you can put a wrap on rather than make it. so the 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 connection i'm making already with this fantastic groups that i'm getting involved with in infection control is that they knew about copper they didn't know about the ubiquitousness oh there's a big mm. word for days. <laughs> <laughs> i gotta quit using those words um uh, but they didn't know about the ubiquitous of, uh, of, of Q grips that you could, you know, you could do entire floors for like one, one hundredth the budget of anything else. Right. So, right. Very interesting. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, Q grip is a Canadian company, uh, Canadian where, company. where are you getting manufacturing distribution? So the, <laughs> when I came on board with Victor, and I've, and I've said this a few times to uh, a number of uh, people that are, interested in the, the history of Q-Grip. My first phone call as president, my very first was to a gentleman down in Columbus, Ohio, by the name of Dustin McMillan. And he was a supply chain manufacturing expert. And I said, I said, Dustin, uh, and I've done business with him. I said, Dustin, can you build me a supply chain in 30 days? <laughs> <laughs> and he's been, and he has been, a champ, an absolute champ. So Columbus, Ohio is where our distribution is. Columbus, Ohio is where our manufacturing is. And it, for people that don't know on this podcast, Columbus, Ohio is a transportation hub. Hmm. All of your courier companies are there. All of your transport companies are there. Your rail companies. And we fly Q-Grip everywhere. We don't put it on the road. We, put, we, we fly it all over the world. Uh, so we needed to have access to the UPSs, the FedExs, the, you know, right. the DHLs and major transportation uh, companies that, so that's why we're there. Right. Interesting. And, and I mean, that's a huge connection to have, to have that ability and you know, to know a Dustin. It does. And, and the last point I have to make, and I, and again, I, I'm just being as serious as I can, um, in spite of, of all everything we hear about the United States, you put made in the USA on something and people right. around the world go, mm, okay. Gives it credibility for sure. Gives it credibility. 
right off yeah. the bat. And yeah. then when I tell them that we're Canadian, more credibility. Right, right. Amazing. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's super cool. Yeah. Uh, well, Larry, it's been amazing to have uh, you on the podcast. Thanks uh, for having me. And, and thanks for sharing so candidly and, and, and yeah. sharing the story of QGRIP. Uh, I'm really excited to see it in action. I, I can't wait to see it, you know, if I if I leave the house and go on the bus or, you know, end up yeah. at a hospital or I don't want to end up at a hospital, but if I'm there, I yeah. want to see it in action. Well, uh, I'm going to send you, a, I'm going to send you a kit for your office. Yeah. Awesome. That'd be, that'd be super yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I'd, I'd love that. Uh, so I appreciate that. And again, thanks for sharing all of these insights, you know, so many great uh, tips and insights that uh, you've gained uh, over your years and uh, experience that you've had. So thank you so much for doing that. You bet. Have a last good thing. Yeah. Last thing, where, where can people find you, follow you or learn more about uh, QGRIP as well? Real easy to find on LinkedIn, Larry Cole QGRIP. Boom. You'll have me right away. Um, and then uh, QGRIP.com. So QGRIP is actually spelled C-U-G-R-I-P. Because C-U is the metallic for, uh, for copper. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So we just pronounce it QGRIP. So yeah. just .com, it's all there. We're on all the social media. So on our, on our website, we have uh, all the various uh, URLs to our social media as well. Awesome. Uh, thanks again, Larry. I really appreciate it. And definitely encourage all the listeners to uh, check it out, have a look at the product. Uh, and uh, really exciting to see this happening. And uh, thanks for being here. Oh, my, my pleasure. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Jetstream podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. If you have a revenue growth story to share, email us, info at jetstream.agency. We might have you on the show.